you've stumbled upon a vintage episode of 10K Dollar Day. We were just learning about audio. However, we're super glad that you're here and are interested in the back episodes. Enjoy and maybe be a little forgiving and then join us for our new episodes. Bye. It's episode two. Episode two. Yeah, and uh, I have learned that I shout a lot from listening to our first one. So okay. my goal is not to shout. Well, to be fair, you did not have the correct microphone set up. That's true. It, so thank I think you. that this time it's going to go a little smoother. I like that you gave me an out. Thank you so much for that. That was really helpful. Yeah, no worries. I got you, man. How was your week? Um, it's great. I made bread yesterday. Oh, right. Please tell us the bread story. <laughs> it's not like riveting, but I'm really proud of myself because I'd never done it. But I will say that I was I looked up a bunch of recipes on the internet because because I do that when I cook. And I cook a lot, but I don't bake a lot. And I know that baking is really specific. Like you have to the ratios have to be right. You can't just substitute things the way that you would when you're cooking. So I wanted to make sure I was doing everything correctly, and the recipes are really vague if you don't know what you're doing. If you're not a baker, it'll just say, knead until the dough is elastic, punch down. And I was like, punch punch down how many times? How, how? It, it just wasn't enough information. So I made my bread. It took way longer than it should have because I kept, I don't know why. I don't, you know what? I don't know why it took longer than it said it would, but it didn't rise as much as I wanted it to in the rising. So, you know, you like set it aside, you let it rise, whatever. And it was a little too cold in the at room temperature, which I didn't realize. So it just didn't bloom. I think I killed the yeast, but I don't know. I know nothing about the chemical composition of bread. I'm just assuming it needed to be warmer because it didn't get up high enough. So I'm going to make more after I just said you can't substitute things, I didn't have canola oil, so I used like a olive oil blend in the bread, and I mm, think that that was probably the problem. Yeah, I think it weighed it down. So I'm just who knows. Get ready for my harrowing tale through perfecting a loaf of white bread because um, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I'm allergic to wheat, <laughs> so I oh yeah yeah. So I can only have like a couple slices because if I have like more than that. I'll definitely feel I don't have celiac disease. So before anybody writes in and is like, don't tell people to try bread. I don't have celiac disease. Um, so it's not a huge issue if I have a little bit of wheat every day, but I shouldn't have it every day. Uh, right. Much like your allergy to corn. Yeah. I just ignore both of them because mm-hmm. I... Because you eat nachos daily. I love nachos. They're a perfect mm-hmm. food. Really. Oh, you don't have to convince me. <laughs> I am like, you know how I am about chips and dip. Yeah. So uh, that's my uh, bread story. I put it on Instagram. I'll go ahead and repost that on the 10K Dollar Day Instagram so everyone can see my slightly misshapen, possibly underbaked, not yet risen enough loaves. And then everyone else will feel better about themselves for anything they've baked ever in their life. Um, Well, you know what? A plus for effort. (laughs) Thanks, I'll take it. I will tell Because I wouldn't that. have even tried. Like, even just thinking about it. Ugh, no, 
No thanks. Why? Why don't you want to try it? I don't like cooking. Yeah, never no. have. Never will. I've tried it. It stresses me out. I can't get the timing right. I just don't. I don't like it at all. Oh, I love cooking. I love it. Nope. Okay. Well, don't worry. You can eat when I cook, and then it'll yeah, work out. Yeah, that that's what I want to do. And my husband has quickly learned that if he doesn't cook, we don't eat. Well, that's. I mean, what did you and Emma eat for years before you married? Oh Chris? God, popcorn, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Sometimes I'd get crazy and do the box tacos. That's cooking. And tuna. Like we lived off a of tuna fish. You're so funny. Yeah. I probably have some sort of mercury poisoning, but it's just true. <laughs> Anyways, um, my week was good. What did I do this week? I always forget because I live life in the moment. <laughs> um, You're just so present. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I... Uh, I had a good week. Um, the kids finally went back to school, which was like the best thing ever. Okay, good. Yeah, because they were getting stir crazy. Didn't your daughter Hannah have a gig yesterday? Yeah, she filmed a little commercial. That's crazy. She was pretty good. You know, you have a three-year-old. So what are you going to do? Every once in a while, she would pull the whole, they'd be like, all right, Hannah, we're going to do it one more time. And she'd be like, no, <laughs> I don't want to. And you're like, oh, God. So I was literally like... Okay, well, if you if you do it one more time, then you can have an M M&M. and M. Like I was just bribing her left and right. <laughs> I was like, just keep the baby happy, keep her happy. Um, but yeah, she was good. She actually had a funny moment this week. We went through all of her toys right before Christmas, and I told her, "Hey, we're going to clean out your toy box, and I want you to give away the toys you don't play with because there's some kids in the world who don't have toys." And uh, so she was like so excited about it. She's like, okay. So we went through all of her toys. She got this huge bag full of things that she was like, I'm going to give it to the kids. And she was so excited. And then this week, as we approached the end of our two weeks home from school, she was just whining and complaining about she was so bored. That's her new word. I'm bored. I'm so bored. <laughs> I said, Hannah, go play with all the new toys you got for Christmas. And she looks at me and she goes, I don't have any toys because I gave them all to the kids. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Uh-huh. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? I was like, you gave your old toys to the kids. You got plenty of new toys for Christmas. And she was just beside herself and... I can't. There's no talking sense into her. I just can't wait till this kid is a teenager. I mean, because I'm oh, not living God. with her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just get the yeah. stories. <laughs> I know. Um, man, I haven't talked to you, like, I think since we recorded the other podcast. Well, besides texting. Yeah, that doesn't count. We haven't, like, I know. I mean, to me it does, but <laughs> I hate to talk on the, I, I don't like to talk on the phone. I just don't. My husband hates it. He's like, why don't you just call them? I was like, because then I can't think about what I'm going to say. I need to think about it, and I need to reread it. Yeah. And then I need to analyze it, and then I need to rethink it, and then I'll delete it and then retype it, you know. Um, I I mean, based on our text conversations, I don't know that you analyze what you say that much. <laughs> okay, that's okay. That's fair. Just with, maybe that's just fair. with me. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't know so well, you much don't judge work. me. Not that other people judge me either, but... I also like to have a record of what I've said because, like I said, I tend to forget unless I write it down, which is why, you know, I have calendars that are color-coded. So, like, if I write it in a text, I can go back and go, oh, my God, did that person say that they were going to do this or am I supposed to meet them here or what did I say about that? So I can actually go back and reread the text and go, oh, yeah, that's right. 
organized. You're very organized. It, yeah, it's proof. And you get stuff I have done. Proof. In fact, you got a lot of stuff done. So we are now. Um, so we recorded the first podcast, just kind of on our own. Rogue. We were rogue podcasters. We didn't really know what we were doing, yeah. and we didn't know how to put it on the internet. And between. <laughs> <laughs> We were like, and now what do we do? We're like, I don't know. The magic internet people come and they knock on your door and yeah. they're like, excuse me, I think you have a podcast. And you're like, yeah, you put it in an envelope and send it to Santa Claus and he puts it up. Um, but you figured it all out. And now we're on iTunes and we're on Stitcher and we have a logo and a theme song and I mean, all that stuff. And I just made an Instagram. Like, <laughs> I did. So- and I have to say thank you to Stan Collins for... Um, Creating our little podcast theme song, which our jingle. I don't know why, but it reminds me of the opening to Full House, and it just makes me happy because you know how it kind of slows down at the end. I just imagine like you know the door opening, and they're like, "Joey, you're so funny." <laughs> so yeah. now we have a sitcom jingle. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of picture it. Yeah, I'm okay I with like that. It. I like that. Okay, that's good. I think I feel like there's more that I did this week, but I can't think of what it is. Therefore, it must not be that interesting. Like, that's just... I, I go through the same thing. Oh, I need to tell you about this amazing customer service we got from this restaurant. Um, so I'm visiting my family in Orlando, and we went to a place called... You know what? Wish I remembered. I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> it's called... <laughs> I know how memorable right now. It's called Firebird. Oh, we'd love to plug your restaurant <laughs> and the great customer service, but we don't remember. We don't so you know what? It's all. a free for all. It's called Firebirds, but here's the deal. So we we ate and we had um we had like some food and it was great. My and a few of us had steak. Lovely. Then we boxed our stuff. She said, Can we box your stuff? First of all, they take it away to box it in the kitchen. Always a win for me because the last thing I want to see after I'm eating is my meal sliding into a box. And I'm like, if they're box, so there's levels, right? There's box it in the kitchen. A okay, love it. Now I've left feeling a little more like classy. Then there's the server boxes it at the table, which is. I mean, thank you for doing it for me, but it's just not the most appetizing way to see your food. And it makes my last vision of the food I ate at that restaurant just not lovely. So <laughs> I feel really strongly about it too. I hate it when I have yeah, like a... I can see. I, <laughs> I hate it when I have a pretty nice meal and I'm happy and I've relaxed. Maybe I've had a couple glasses of wine. I'm with good company. And then you say, can I box that? And then they hand you a styrofoam. Th- I'm like, forget it. We're done. I got to go. Yeah. It's just not fun. Okay. So we go to this restaurant. We have the steaks. Can you box them? She takes them to the back. She brings back all of them except one. And she says uh, to my mother, yours is coming back pretty soon. We said, okay, weird, but all right. So she comes back in like, I don't know, seven minutes. She hands my mother... A, a bag with a box in it. And she said, I accidentally dropped the steak on the floor in the back. And so we cooked you an entire new meal. And I mean, <gasps> yeah. So an entire new steak with all of her sides, with the specifications she wanted to the temperature she wanted, brand new meal. So sorry, fixed it. Bye. And if you identify a problem and you already have a solution for it, I'm sold. Oh, yeah. That's the best that's the best yeah. thing you could ever do to me. In fact, I would say my memories of the best customer service I've ever received are always when something has gone wrong and you fixed it rather than when everything went right. Right. Yeah. You know, so Absolutely. 
So wow. um, shout out to Firebirds and your excellent Firebirds. empowerment of your staff to make things better because that uh, really, I mean, we've, we've all talked about it the entire week because it also means that the, I've worked retail before and mm-hmm. if you don't have a manager that will let you solve problems quickly, yeah, then then it can all kind of go by the wayside. So not only did Absolutely. did the server make an excellent choice, but everyone supported her in that choice and let her, you know what I mean? Like the kitchen made the, mm-hmm. the food, they let the, the food go out, like all that kind of stuff. And that to me is, is great. What are you obsessed with right now? Oh, I can't say Ikea again, right? You cannot. Because I did go back. I and mean, you sent me a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of you and Emma at Ikea. Or at Hannah. Yeah. I should put that on the Instagram because it's really cute. Yeah, it was me and Hannah and she was giving a thumbs up. She had lots of fun. She was like, oh, we're going back to the play place? I was like, yes. It's this magical world called Ikea. <laughs> um, yeah, I did some more shopping. So that was fun. Um, what am I obsessed with this week? Uh I don't know. Fresh flowers. Oh, that's a good one. Well, because here's why. Um, I had a couple uh, launch parties because I also, I sell Nerium products, you know, um, which I'm also obsessed with, but that's a whole other story. So I had two little launch parties for myself and I invited everyone over and we did like bagels and mimosas and I have all of these vases that I never use. So I was like, you know what, let me just go buy a couple bunches of flowers and I'll put them around the house just to kind of liven it up. And the second I did it, I felt fancy and I felt happy. And like they've been in my house now for the past three days, they're still going strong. And I already am like, I need to keep this up. Like I should always have fresh flowers. They're really not that expensive. And the way that they make me feel, I feel like it's worth it. And I know some people are like, oh, fresh flowers, waste of money because they die. But I feel like you could make that argument with just about anything. Of course you can. spend money on food that we immediately eat. And then like, you know, it turns into literally crap. So, I mean, I just feel like the flowers are a nice little thing that make me feel pretty and nice and fancy and they're not too expensive. Um, and you know, I got to cut them up and I made little arrangements in each of my little vases and put them around the house. And yeah. So I think flowers this week will be my obsession. I think A nice bouquet. Yeah. Um, my friend Danny and I <laughs> sometimes send each other pictures of bouquets of flowers that we would send each other if we had the money. <laughs> oh, and so it, that's great it's so it's weird that counts. it's so weird but we both really love fresh flowers and um so i totally understand and my parents always have them in the house like we just grew up with fresh yeah. flowers always around because um because my dad buys them for my mom every week see that's lovely isn't that lovely yep I mean, that's why they're going strong. Sorry, gentlemen, you have a high standard to live up to because my dad buys yep. flowers every week. Lulu's dad, <laughs> cream of the crop, my friend. Setting standards since <laughs> seventy-five. What's your obsession? Um, well, my obsession is is bread right now, which is okay. Unfortunate because I really can't eat that much of it. But um, and I will tell you that even though my loaves were not perfect, they were really good, toasted with some. Dubliner cheese. They were excellent. I know. They were good. So I can't eat any more of those two loaves because I will have to make more loaves today and try them 
and I cannot keep eating bread every day, but, um, right now it's fun and it's kind of satisfying because you like knead it with your hands, which is something that doesn't always happen when you're cooking unless you're making yeah. like meatballs or something. And that's just not as satisfying as, Oh yeah. Cause those, the little grains get under your nails. Yeah. 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 But kneading the dough was, um, was a lot of fun. So that's, that's my, that is my obsession at the moment. I like that. Yeah. Thanks. Do you have a wish list Good item? For you. Um, my wish list this week is probably, well, not probably. Um, I'm in desperate need of some new makeup. And, um, first of all, I love Sephora. I love Ulta, but I want to get, um, like a really good, uh, base. And I should say, I don't really have the actual wishlist item, but I would love to walk into one of those Sephora Ulta stores and actually talk to a you know, representative there and be like, Hey, what's the best foundation that you have? That's lightweight, but has great coverage. And then price is not an option for, do you know what I mean? Do you want it for everyday life or do you want it for gigging? Um, no, just gigging, but I still don't like it to be too cakey. Like I want it to feel light on my face, but have good coverage. Cause I really don't wear foundation on a day to day basis. So probably for gigging. Um, cause right now I just went, cause I was out and I went to just like CVS and bought some like cheapo brand and it's just not the best. It's kind of watery feeling like it, I just don't feel like it's actually covering anything yeah. and I'm having to like just cake powder on over and over oh, and over yeah, throughout no, the night. So it's just not good, but I just don't have the money to walk in and spend 40, 50 bucks on foundation right now so that is kind of what I'd love to do is just walk in and be like whatever you suggest let's try them out yeah money is not an option I get it I well that's my wish list we should sidebar about this like not in this podcast because you know I'm obsessed with beauty products um Mm -hmm. but for show not in life necessarily but for show I am 100% sold on the Kat Von D foundation the tattoo locket foundation um, yeah, but I thought that was just for covering tattoos. No, it's foundation. Oh. I would say go to Sephora. You know, at Sephora, they'll make you a little sample of anything. So okay. just go in and tell them you're interested and make samples of five or six of them. I don't, you know what? They're probably you like, find they're that that only clogs your skin? No, but I, I wash my face like when I, as soon as I'm home and the gig is over, like the makeup comes yeah. off. So oh, I started to do that too. Like even at the theater, but I, I was like, I've used it washing. since, um, I've used it for at least four or five years. Okay. And I really love it. And the Kat Von D, um, a uh, pressed powder, whatever they call their pressed powder is also awesome. And I can, I'll use that as my daily foundation just like to brush it on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to a ten thousand dollar day where we just uh, catch up tips with Lulu. Uh, yeah, ah, I love it. Okay, so, um, yeah, my wish list item is an experience. I really want to go to one of those salt rooms. Do you know what I'm talking about? Wait, like what we did in New York, the bath thing? No, no, no. Um, okay, first of all, that's air ancient baths, and we should definitely talk about that at some point because that was incredible. But no, uh-huh. a salt room is, uh, you know, 
okay, once again, I have not done any research and I'm totally going to describe this wrong. Like I, and I'm like, I'm stubbornly not Googling it. I'm just going to talk. And if anybody knows that it's right, just, um, email us at 10 K dollar day at gmail.com or we're on Twitter and we're also on Instagram. You can find us. Feel free to correct me, but you know, those Himalayan salt lamps, the pink salt lamps. Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe if you take the bulb out of it, I believe the whole room is made out of that stuff or huh. salts of some sort. And you sit in the salt room for X amount of time. I don't know how that works. And it's supposed to like recharge you and something about ions, negative ions, okay. positive ions. I think they're negative ions. Is it, is it hot like a steam room? No, I think it's room temperature or slightly above room temperature but it's not uh it's not a hot experience okay i really should have looked some stuff up before i said so you just sit you just sit and it's a relaxing thing yeah and you can sit and i think then you you're like really quiet but you can also rent the salt room to be just you for a higher price and then okay and then you and a friend can talk oh we could even record a podcast from one that would be hysterical. <laughs> Just live from the salt room. Live from the salt room. That's funny. Um, hmm, I wonder if the salt would affect our equipment in a negative way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Or if we would just start swearing because we'd have salty language. <laughs> you shouldn't even have laughed at that. That didn't deserve a laugh. That's Well, I mean, it was like a pity laugh. Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, that's interesting. I guess I'm – do you wear clothes? Yeah, you wear clothes. I think you take your shoes off. I guess I'm just confused as to if it's just made out of salt-ish things, like the salt rock stuff. Yeah. But there's no, like, steam or anything, so you're not actually – like, how how are you – experiencing the salt, I guess, is my question. I, it's not in water. I think it's you just there. breathe it in. Allie, I don't know. I told you I didn't do any research. It just looked really cool, and I wanted to sit in it in a salt room. It's supposed to be beneficial to your health. I have no idea how. It's supposed to be very relaxing. Don't know how that works either. Um, I just know that you pay people to sit in a room made out of salt, and that sounds fun to me. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Oh, God. Okay. Can you drink? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I don't think you're in there very long. Like, I don't think you're there for over 45 minutes. I, I think it's worth looking into. Um, <laughs> do you know how much it is? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I told you. I didn't do any research. Like, a year ago, okay. I walked into one and took a tour. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they've got them everywhere. They probably have them where you are too. But I uh I I walked into one and took a tour and it looked really awesome and then um didn't do anything about it and I've just been thinking about it. Okay. Since then. But that's what I want to do. Okay. Salt room. Got it. Yeah. That's gonna that sound I'm adding it to my Google list. It's you gonna should. happen. <laughs> you wanna go into ten K dollar days? Yeah, let's do it. You want me to go first this time? Yeah, man. I think you're probably going to hate mine. Why? 
I just feel like it's probably not something that you would want to do in January. <laughs> in January. Oh, that's interesting. What I, okay. what I, wait, wait, before you say, mm-hmm. would I want to do it at another time of the year? Possibly, yes. But I don't think you'd want to do what's normally what normally people would do here. I think you'd want to be like, hey, is there anything else I can do besides what's most popular to do at this place? Uh, are you going somewhere to sit on a beach? Nope. Okay, because you know that's the most boring thing for me. No, I know. Okay. Uh, okay. Go ahead. So the place that I picked was Aspen, Colorado. <gasps> I love it. Are you skiing? Are you going to go skiing? Well, here's – I know that you'd probably be like, is there anything else we can do besides spend our day skiing? Well, I would, um, I would ski for like two hours. Well, yeah, this is what okay. – Okay, go on, go on. So I will say that this was in, incredibly hard to spend ten grand here because if you do decide to ski, I mean a good chunk of your day is spent doing that one thing. Right. So you really are going to run out of time. And so even with my packed day, um, it was very, very hard okay. to get to 10 grand. So, um, and I, in fact, I didn't even get there. So, but anyways, so um, I decided to look for an actual vacation rental instead of like a hotel because Aspen has so many cool like villas and cottages uh, and like. Um, with fireplaces. You no, know, just like lodges. Anything yes, with exactly. a fireplace. Give Sign me up. So immediately, um, I found this cool site called emeraldkite.com. Okay. And it's a luxury vacation rental agency. So um, I found a five-star rental that was basically your own ski lodge, and it was two stories, and it also had a two-story fireplace. Oh. Um, What does that mean? Yep. What does that mean, two-story fireplace? Well, what it looked like to me was that there were two, like the fireplace starts on the ground floor, uh-huh. but on the second floor, there's another place for a fireplace. So basically you could be on both floors and however they have it, you know, the chimneys winding through, you basically have two levels of a fireplace is what it looked like to me. I'm very excited about that. And yeah. I almost don't want to see the picture of it because in my head, it's like a Willy Wonka fireplace and I love it. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's also, this was what I put in that I had to have a private jacuzzi. So that's what's there. Cause one of my favorite things to do is get into a hot tub when it's cold outside. I just think it's so cool. Um, especially if there's snow. Yes. Um, now here's the coolest part. It sits on a pond and it doubles as a private illuminated ice skating pond in the winter. <gasps> what? Yeah. Wait, why so you have your, what? Wait, so in the so in the like spring it's an actual pond that they said you can go fly fishing and all of these things. But in the winter they illuminate it and it's an ice skating pond, but it's your own. You can just go ice skating. Oh, I I definitely want to do that. How what do they mean by illuminated? I think it means like it lights up. Like but, they have like from lights? underneath it? Like uh I think so. Like a pool in Miami? Yeah, there was no pictures. But Let's pretend it lights so. up underneath because that I, sounds that's awesome. That's what I think. Yeah. And I th- like a dance floor. Yes. And I think it should be programmable to sync with your Bluetooth speaker so that Duh. it pulses, like the lights pulse like a dance floor while you're on it. Yes. Yeah. Great. Or as you're skating, it lights up and like follows your skates. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you like skate trails no. of light. Yes, oh, exactly. Perfect. I'm in. Yeah. Um, it's five bedrooms. There are dogs allowed, Lulu. Thank you. 
Um, now here's the thing. It was a three night minimum, but I just glazed over that. I pretend like that wasn't true because I figure if I just call and like be like, here's my deal. I, you know, um, so it's probably not true. It's probably just a, you know, they just put it on there so people spend more money. But one night in this five bedroom, uh, ski lodge is $3,755. Okay. Let's do it. I'm sign Sign me up. Let's mortgage yeah. a house. Let's go. I know. Right. Um, okay, so the next thing I did was, and this was very hard, I will tell you, because when you were trying to plan um, a lot of these things I found, they don't give you prices on the internet. I like, know. It it's would be hard. like, please contact our concierge. or th- like. So there's a few things in here. I had to do some research outside of this, uh, this city and actually just kind of guess at what the price might be because the last thing I wanted to do was call some concierge and talk up my day and then be like, just kidding. <laughs> it's not real. I know. I actually like filled out some things that were like, um, fill this now for a quote. Cause you know, like a lot of the sites, they won't yeah. tell you until you have a conversation with them. And then eventually I was like, I have to stop signing up for quotes because I'm just going to get junk mail and junk mail and junk mail. Yeah. And they're going to be like, you know, please come back and visit us or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not, it's not real. Yeah. So I had to do a lot of like digging around. Same. So um, I've only been skiing once in my life and it was when I was in high school and um, I was pretty good at it. The stopping was a problem (laughs) all the time. Um, but I got down, you know how you kind of like glide back and forth. I got that part down, but the stopping, I could never, you know, shift my weight to one side and do like the cool slide where like the snow comes up and you come to a full stop. I had to always turn my, um, skis inward, almost like pigeon toed Uh and then like just slow down gradually. (laughs) So since it's been so long, I mean, let's be honest, almost 20 years, um, I decided I would definitely want a private lesson. Yes. So um, by a handsome Aspen, ski instructor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and like definitely, and his name is like Vlad, and he speaks just enough English to talk about philosophy, but not enough. Where when you like get mad at him and you're having a fight, he doesn't really catch all the words, and he's just like, "Calm down, exactly. little bird. Calm down." And you're like, "Oh." Yeah. yeah, got it. Yeah, and he's you know just more hands on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, I'm happily married. Um, so I I decided to go to Aspen Snowmass. Okay. And I got the half day private ski lesson, um, and I did. I started my day early, like because I wanted to get as much in as possible. So I was there at seven a.m. So it's from seven to eleven. Um, so you do your ski lesson, but you're also skiing at the same time. So I was just kind of, you know, do it all in one day. Um, but I also needed to rent all the equipment. So I got ski boots, I mean, skis, boots, poles, and then I obviously added in a helmet. Of course. <laughs> so, I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they had two packages, one with and one without. And I was like, yep, I'm going to, going to take that helmet. Um, <laughs> so the ski lesson was 615. The rental package was seventy four seventy, and that's then, much less than I thought um, that was going to be. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm telling you. Totally affordable. Um, and then I decided I wanted to also at the end of the ski, you know, half day, I wanted to do some tubing because I love to inner tube down snow. Yeah, I would totally do that. That sounds awesome. 
Yeah. Like when we, you know, we're both military brats. We lived in Washington state for a little while. And, uh, one of the houses that we lived in was on this hill and it would snow and we would go tubing all the time. And it was just the best right into our backyard. We had so much fun. So I definitely want to do tubing and that's $49. So I did that on top of that. So not, not bad, almost 800 bucks for that half day. And really it's like four or five hours. Um, so I finished that right before lunch and then, um, I found this really cool lunch place. Uh, it's called the White House Tavern in Aspen Uh and it's one of the oldest, um, structures in Aspen. It was built in 1883 and, um, it, it used to be an old miner's cottage and then they've turned it into a few different things over the years, but right now it's a restaurant, um, and it's very well reviewed. So I decided to have lunch there. Um, and they have um, a great sandwiches. They had like a, a roast prime rib on this toasted French roll that I got for $22. Um, so it better be good. Uh, <laughs> deviled eggs, which you oh, know I, I love. I love deviled eggs. I'm so glad they're for cool For $10. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, then I got a glass of wine. Um and I picked uh, a cab sab that was from Napa oh. back what we did last week with the your Napa I like trip. That. Um, and then they have these cute take home coffee mugs that you can buy, and I bought one for ten dollars. Oh, yeah. So we're looking at like you know fifty, sixty bucks there. Um, oh, for lunch! Then, My gosh! Yeah, I know, but you know, no, I know. I have ten it grand. It fits in your. It totally fits in your ten grand day. And the funny thing is, you were like. It's, um, you know, the house is 3000 I was like, that sounds worth it because you have a skating pond. And then you were like, and lunch yeah. was $60. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I know. So true. Um, then I found, okay, so I knew I wanted a driver because I'm going to be drinking since I'm not skiing anymore. Uh-huh. Um, I found this really cool driver and he's an Aspen local. So he has his own limo company, but he is local to Aspen, like lived there forever. Um, and his name is John O'Donohue and his website is AspenJohnnyOLimo.com. <laughs> and he, it was the cutest little website. He's like standing next to his car and he's like, I'll take you where you want to go. And I was like, that's who I want to drive me around for the day. Um, that's awesome. So it's, yeah, so basically, uh, wherever you go in that area, he'll pick you up in the limo and take you to it. And it's $65. So I kind of decided to use him randomly throughout the day. So not like book him for the whole day, but basically have him pick me up at the restaurant and then he's going to take me over to my chartered helicopter ride. Oh, good for you. Um, Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So here's where I had some issues. I could not find out how much it would be to charter this Aspen helicopter because you have to call or you have to fill out an online Uh form. They will literally, they post nothing. Uh I even Google searched like reviews that were maybe like, Hey, how much did this cost? There's nothing. So what I did was I kind of did a general search and on Cora.com, the info for that, it says a flat rate for people who want um, a helicopter for an X amount of time is typically a thousand dollars per hour with a minimum of two hours. So I kind of used that as my baseline um, and just said that I would guess that this private helicopter charter would be two grand for two hours. So I went ahead and did that. Um, 
uh, through the Aspen Hella Charter. So it's Aspen, H-E-L-I, charter.com. I was hoping it was going to be like Aspen um, Hella Charter. Like, <laughs> like Hella Charter. Hell yeah. No. It's, I don't know. Heli. Yeah. Hella. Hella. Helicopter. Um, yeah. So I rented that for 2000 and just had them basically give me a tour of Aspen and then drop me back off at my private ski lodge. Oh, so great. That <laughs> sounds so great. Right? Yeah. So definitely doing that for two grand. Um, and when I get back to my, uh, private ski lodge, I decided to have a in-home massage makeup salon come to me. Oh, wow. You know, because it's cold outside. You don't want to go outside to do all that stuff. Yeah. You want to start the fire, be at home in your, you know, PJs in your robe and have them come to you. So again, had a hard time finding out the exact prices of what this in-home would cost, but there is a great company in Aspen. It's called Full Circle Aspen. Um, and so the website is fullcircleaspen.com. And they come to your house and they will do massages in your house. They will do makeup. They will do spa pedicures and manicures in your home. Um, so what I, what I what I basically did was look at their prices in their salon and I basically doubled it. Just thinking if this is kind of what it might be, because it's always like, contact us for a rate, contact us for this. So it was really hard to find out how much it would actually be, which I don't blame them at all. But when you're doing something that's make-believe, you guys, it's really hard. I know. (laughs) When you're make-believe spending money, you need to know how many make-believe dollars you have. But if you really had this money, you wouldn't care. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. You'd be calling. So, but again, I didn't want to get their hopes up and be like, you know, oh my gosh, we're about to make a thousand dollars in two hours for this lady in Aspen. It's not real. (laughs) So, um, for an hour massage for makeup, nails, and toes, I averaged it around $700. Um, and then with tip on top of that, obviously. So we're looking at like 850, um, for this full service, you know, come to me and pamper me at my house kind of thing. And it could be more, it could be less, but you guys, you know, we're guessing. I right like now. that. I think 850 sounds good. Yeah. Sure. I think so. Will you have them use their makeup or do you want them to use your makeup? Oh, I think I want them to use theirs. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. Because I like that. I don't know. I like how they like you know, use the new brushes and the little, you know, they wash everything and it seems so fancy and they pull out all their things. And I also like to ask questions like, you know, hey, what is that product you're using? It feels good on me. Or, oh, is that what you normally use to keep makeup on? You know, I like to kind of experiment at that point because you get, it's almost like a little, you know, testing of free products. It's true. Um, All right, cool. So after that, I have John come pick me up again. Hey, Johnny-o. Because we're pals now. Um, and he's going to take me to Steakhouse number 316. Oh, I'm already excited because it has a number in the name, which normally means good yeah. things. Yeah. So it was the one of the highest reviewed restaurants in Aspen, and I knew I wanted to do a steakhouse um, because I also felt like since it's cold, I wanted something hearty, something warm. Um, yeah. So definitely went to the steakhouse. Um, I got the crab bisque to start. Uh-huh. That was $17. And the next thing I got was um, because it has your name in it. It's the Lulu's Kale Salad. Oh, and I love kale salad. Yeah. And that's $16. It has kale and pine nuts and olive oil, Parmesan. Um, 
Yeah. So I got that because it has your name in it. And then I got the um, 14 ounce New York strip with black truffle butter. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. You want me to say that again? 14 ounce New York strip, <laughs> black truffle butter. Sign me up. Mm. $59. I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad. For a steak. It's not bad. In a really fancy restaurant. Yeah. And then I got the wild mushroom risotto because you know how I feel about good risotto. Ugh, and I love mushrooms. And I don't, except if it's in risotto. Or apparently if it's in black truffle butter. Or that. Okay. Yeah. It has to be kind of like mixed in. Like I can't, like my three-year-old will literally just take a raw mushroom and eat it like it's ice cream. Like just bite into it. I can't do that. You don't like the texture um, of it. Yeah, it's weird, but I okay. like it if it's mixed in with something because I love the taste. I just don't, yeah, like the texture. I buy that. Then I also got Russell, Ro- Russell, let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Brand is on the menu. Russell Browts. Russell Browts. They're um, delicious. I also got roasted Brussels sprouts for $11 because you know how I feel about Brussels sprouts. Um, and then here we go. They had so many great desserts, but. Oh, I so decided good. to go with the bourbon bread pudding. Oh, that sounds great. Because, you know, bourbon bread pudding. <laughs> yes. Um, That's what I can do with all my bread. I can make bread pudding. Yes, just pour alcohol all over it. That There's a little, yeah, you have to make a custard too. You don't just put alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly have never made bread pudding. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> that was just like soaked in alcohol. I'll make bread pudding with my bread. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got a Manhattan because I was feeling fancy. And I will say this uh, cocktail was $15. So pretty pricey. But, well, that's you know, New York prices, I feel I like. I get it. Yeah, that's, that's um, kind of normal, I think, for a city. Okay, then they had a whiskey and bourbon menu. Um, I did a little research. Have you ever heard of, I um, might butcher this name, um, Yamazaki 12? Yes, I have. And it's okay. lovely. Okay. So it's it was the most expensive, uh, literally, glass of whiskey on there. It was $40. And um, what I found out about it is it's the flagship whiskey from a distillery in Japan. And so the aging process involves Spanish and American bourbons and then a Japanese oak, I guess. Um, and it's called the Yamazaki 12 because it's aged for 12 years before they serve it. There's a documentary, I feel, on Netflix that oh, I don't think it covers. I don't think it's just about that distillery, but they definitely have a whole section on that distillery. And I can't remember what it is, but yeah. if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes or something. Well, it's $40 and I, you know, duh, got two glasses. So 80 bucks for that. Um, yeah. So that was my meal. And then my, uh, friend John is going to pick me up again. Johnny O. Yeah. He went and took a little break. I don't know. Maybe I, he had a drink with me. Maybe you um, bought him a steak. You have some extra money. I did. Buy him a yeah. steak, man. Like That's just what I should have done. hang out at the bar. I'll buy you a steak. Put it on my tab. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. If I had the money, I would do things like that. Let me bless you. All right. Um, then he took me to um, the Wheeler Opera House in Aspen. Okay. And I kind of based my timeline 
we're going in January in the next week or so. And um, I didn't give an exact date, but next week they're actually doing the Five Point Film Festival in this opera house. And you know, I love a film festival. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go to that after dinner and it's only $28 for this film festival. So I just would go in and kind of browse around, maybe catch a few of the independent films. Yeah. So just kind of sit and watch and hang out and, you know. I love that. See some local films. Um. And to be honest, that's the end of my day. Like, that's That was it. a jam-packed day. You started off by skiing at 7, which means you were in the <clears> ski <throat> lift at, like, 6.30. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a lot. That was a lot. Was yeah, a and so day. it was a big day, and it was very hard to spend the money. In fact, I didn't even get to the ten grand. What would you get um, to? So I only got to $7,741.70. But if I end up buying dinner for John... We could add on a couple hundred to that. So maybe let's round it out to eight grand. <laughs> I love it. Eight grand, including dinner for John. Yeah, done. Yeah. Um, that sounds awesome. You did the night. Hold on, though. Did you do one night in the house? Yeah, just one. No, I think we're supposed to do two now. Remember when we talked about this? What? <laughs> okay, so, well, look. So I realized um, in between the last podcast that we recorded and – today, I feel like I texted you about this, that in order to do a $10,000 day, we had to do a, the night before and the night after in the house. Do you in remember? order to start our day early? Yes. Hmm. But I think you still have, have enough out. money. You have almost enough money. Because you if you're coming in at eight and the place was three, you're like... Well, I just can't. I can't buy dinner for John. John doesn't get his dinner now. No. Yeah, that's, that's what just happened. Okay. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. The thought, the thought counted. You can okay. still tip him, but he just doesn't get dinner. Okay, so double that. Okay, yeah, then then we're right at 10 then. Like, you're right at 10. Perfect. Okay. Done. Okay, so I need oh, to... I loved your ask today. Mental note, two days in the hotel. This changes everything. Yeah. I love your Aspen day, and I would totally do that. Um, first of all, I would ski for... I would take the lesson, and I would ski for two to four hours. Yeah. I don't think I would want to ski longer than that. Yeah, me but either. But I really want to ride the ski lift is what I want to do, is ride the ski lift. Yeah, I, they make me a little nervous just because you're so exposed up there. And there's, I mean, really not a lot keeping you in the seat. Um, I don't know. It makes me a little nervous. But, I mean, I'll do it. Nothing, you know, it's not going to stop me. But I do have to admit, I get a little, my heart beats fast. I'm totally in. Sign me up. I want to do it. Um Oh, that's great. And it just sounds cozy. Yeah. Like when the fireplace. The only thing is that we, you know, we're trying to pack all this stuff in to kind of get the price tag up on the day, which means we don't get to spend that much time at the lovely places that we're renting. And that's the type of house where I could happily just that's true. stay in. Yes, but now if we're adding the two nights, which means we would check in. You can sometimes check in as early as like 11, Know what I mean? Yeah, let's say we checked in at so 11. So if you check That's in great. the day before, you're really going to have that whole day before to relax in the house, and then you wake up early and start your day. Yeah. Okay. I can sign up for that. That's great. Yeah. I love that. And guess what? Um, I really enjoy that you had a film festival because I based mine around a festival too. <gasps> I know. Okay. What's it's, yours? No. Um, well, uh, 
Okay, I'm really excited about this trip, even though it is a trip that's kind of impossible to take right now. Okay. Uh, so this is truly make-believe, but it was super cold this last week all around the country, right? It was freezing, and there was blizzards, and it was just really cold. And for one of the first times in my life, I said, I want to be somewhere warm. I never say that. Like, I hate the warmth. But um, I decided that where I really want to go in the next year or so is Havana, Cuba. Really? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they just lifted the sanctions and everyone can go. And it's kind of sort of still stuck in the 1950s in Havana. Like, uh, And I think that will change in the next 10 years. I think we have a little bit of time to see the old cars and the old Havana. But definitely the sooner you can get there, the more it looks like it's been just preserved in time. Okay. And I really want to go. But... In researching it, I found out a few things. First of all, um, you can't just go okay, <laughs> to Cuba, which I thought you could because they have flights to Cuba and I have a passport. Can you just go? And you can't. Um, there was – the requirements were a little more lenient a year ago or so, but apparently this last summer, um, Trump – he made it stricter to go to Cuba. That's a terrible sentence, but you know what I mean. So, um, so now you can only go to Cuba if there, there are 12 reasons that you can apply for a visa to go to Cuba. You can go to see family. You can go if it's an official business of the government or another government. You can go for journalistic activity, which if we have a podcast, does that count? I don't know. Um, professional research and professional meetings. Possibly we could go for that. Educational activities, religious activities, public performances. Um, my favorite reason, which is number eight, is support for the Cuban people. I just love that. Um, humanitarian projects, activities of private foundations or research or educational institutes, uh, exportation of information, and then certain exports. But the thing is, if you go on these trips, I believe that right now as a private citizen, you can't just go. You have to go as part of a tour group with a a tour company that is registered, like, with the government. Hmm. I think. Um, but you could... It's really... So you would have to apply to go to Cuba because of the new laws in place. Yeah. And I mean, it's reasons. not the only... It's not the only country that we have to apply to go to. You know, it, but... Um, but it is complicated, and if anybody wants to go to Havana, you really need to go to the State Department website, check it out, and then figure out. I, I believe you have to go through a tour operator right now hmm. unless you have family. Right. Um, or if you're going for business. So, and there are, and it's, and you have to have your time planned out, which unfortunately is not the way I really like to vacation but they want you to go through a tour operator that knows where you are almost every minute of the day Oof. it seems i know i know it's kind of a drag but um well we'll pretend that that all happened and you got approved yeah i totally got approved and i got to make up my own day so um january 18th to 21st is that the right time I think so. Yeah. January 18th to 21st is the 33rd Havana International Jazz Festival. Oh my God. 
I know. I'm so excited about it. And it's in downtown Old Havana, and it's on the square, and it has spread um, to a lot of different venues. It started in 1978, um, which the time on that, that was that's actually 39 years ago, so we must have skipped a few years. Um, it was started in 1978 in a plaza in downtown Havana, and it's grown and grown and grown, and now... It has several venues all around town, and they said there's also pop-up performances in the streets, uh, which sounds really, really amazing. And there are actually Havana jazz tours that originate in the United States that you can take that include, like, the festival, and they figure out your accommodations, and they figure out your food and all that kind of stuff. Um, It was really hard to find the entrance fee for the festival because... For Americans, they because everything goes to a tour operator. Like every site that oh, I tried to right. find is like go on the jazz tour. It's seven nights in Havana, so um, I did find a quote that there was a VIP pass for the entire length of the festival that was three hundred dollars. So yeah, and it's also unclear sometimes whether they're talking about Cuban currency or American currency, but. I typed it into my handy-dandy currency converter, and right now, as of today, it's one-to-one. It was not one-to-one last year. So um, I think it was like our dollar was 79 cents in their currency um, last year, but right now it's one-to-one, which made all of this really easy, that part. So uh, clearly, festival in the evening, um, that's going to happen. Okay, so... <laughs> I uh I looked up a lot of the hotels, but because Cuba was closed to foreign trade for so long, they don't really have the same amenities in their luxury hotels as other countries do. They're just they just haven't done it yet, you know? So you can find um you can find hotels that are definitely on the beautiful, historic, lovely side. But a lot of them would be like, uh, sometimes the electricity goes out. We don't have air conditioning. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> even in January. So uh, a friend of mine had a really great idea to charter a yacht. <gasps> oh, my and God. And stay on the yacht. Duh. Now, first of all, when you first look up chartering yachts, it's literally over a million dollars a week. Oh, yeah, and I was like, oh, I can't afford that. So I found a small, um, I know nothing about boats, okay? <laughs> so I found a mono hull, which all I know about that is mean, is that it means one hull. And I don't even know what a boat would do with two hulls, but I don't even know hull. what a hull is. Yeah, so, you know, I found one that is $4,092 a night. So with that, it took my, with the two nights, it took it to $8,184, which is almost my entire budget. But it's a really, um, it's a great place to sleep and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Okay. And, And then I also figured I needed a boat driver man. Yes woman a boat driver person because i also don't know how to drive a boat right and i you would just be floating uh it'd be terrible like i know that i know that the acceler acceleration mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that didn't come out of my mouth as smoothly as i wanted it to but i know that uh watching tv and movies that there's a lever right it's not a pedal 
it's a lever that goes like from down to up. Isn't that what it looks like on on the TV when they make the boat go faster? Wait. Do you know what I'm talking about? I thought it was like they've got their steering wheel and then they have like a lever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they push it forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. like an airplane. That's as far as I can get okay. with boat driving. So I knew I needed to hire a boat driver. I couldn't find any prices on that, but I just assumed five hundred dollars, maybe, and he can sleep in the hull. Sure, room and board. Or or not sleep there. It doesn't matter to me. Um but boat driver. Okay. Uh named Vlad. Named Vlad. <laughs> yes. He this guy gets around. Yes. He gets around. Um, okay, so one of the things I definitely wanted to do was take a tour of Havana in a classic American convertible. Havana. Because that's like the thing to yes. do there. And in fact, there are taxis. Um, so there's a there are state run things and there are private things in Havana. Just like when I was in China, there were state run theaters and private theaters. They have state run restaurants, they have private restaurants, and they say that one of the things that um, that is actually on our State Department website is that they want us to go, America wants us to go to stay in private residences, eat at the private restaurants, go to the private stores, Interesting. all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of this like grassroots, <laughs> grassroots capitalist thing. Uh-huh. I don't know what's happening. But anyway, um, you can get a guided tour in a convertible for $145 with tip. And I looked at www.oldcartours.com for that. And it comes with a guide. You sit in, you know, like an old Ford Fairlane or something and just drive around. And a lot of the cars in Havana are these old classic American cars. So when you look at pictures, even now, it still just looks like the 50s with a few random 2017 or probably 2012 cars floating around, too. And some of their taxis are even in those type of cars, which I love. I think it's the private taxis. So you can just travel in 1950s cars the entire time. It sounds like a theme park. Mm, for car lovers. Yeah, I love it. In my head, it's Cars Land and Disneyland, which I know is absolutely not correct. But just because they have the classic cars, it makes me think it's going to be like that. I'd go. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to wander and find my breakfast and lunch. And part of that was also a slight cop-out because a lot of businesses in Cuba don't have an internet presence. Oh, I didn't even so think of that. it was really hard to find anything besides Yelp reviews or TripAdvisor reviews. There just wasn't a lot of information that I could get. But I figured, like, wandering was probably a, a fine idea in Old Havana to find breakfast and lunch or even the other areas. But for dinner... I'm going to go to Paladar San Cristobal, which um, is one of, you know, it's just one of the nice restaurants in town. And Obama ate there. And I feel if it's good enough for Obama, it's good enough for me. And I also want to sit at the table he sat at Mm -hmm. and eat exactly what he ate. But (laughs) um, I looked at the prices and I think I could eat anything I wanted and get out of there for $30. Really? Well, I mean... You know, they just, that's just the scale of living there. Yeah. So <laughs> luckily my $9,000 I know, that's house. true. <laughs> that's true. So with everything, um, 
it came to $8,871, which left $829 for taxis and my breakfast and lunch wandering, which I think I'm still not going to get to 10, but that's still great. um, And think of just all the things, I mean, the pictures you would take and like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I've looked at a lot of travel blogs from people who have gone to Havana and it's just beautiful. And I, I want to go before it becomes more commercialized, which is, which it will at some point, you know, just because the trade restrictions have been, um, uplifted, uplifted. That's not the right word. Up ended. The trades. The, our restrictions have been lifted, lift, just lifted, not uplifted. That's like make a joyful noise. Um, just lifted. Um, yeah, so I really, really want to go. I think it's worth seeing. I think that uh, I don't want to it, – it's hard because when you come as a tourist from America to a country that is not as developed, you know, I, I'm glad that we can be tourists to those countries. But at the same time, that tourism industry isn't always the best thing for that country. True. Yeah. And – um and it's so new to Havana that I think that it's kind of a beautiful time to go and and see it. I love that. Yeah. That's my $10,000 day or at least it. my Yeah, my almost $10,000 day. I know. I think yeah. I think next time I might pick somewhere more you know, exotic. That's, you know, not like in the US. Well, yeah, it's hard to find info sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so I think I'll probably go back domestic next week, but um, but it was fun to plan yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I just I love planning it, so it wasn't it wasn't crazy. Well, and if, we, uh, if for any reason we ever come into ten grand, at least we have a plethora of ideas of how <laughs> we we're going to spend it. Yeah, just probably not Cuba because we have to apply, but you know, other than right. that, it's going to be good. Um. Tell me about what you found about Aspen Charities. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this I'm super excited about. Um, I was pulled towards uh, a foundation that's called Shining Stars Foundation. And this is such a cool thing. It was founded in 2001 uh, by a lady named Kathy Gingery and a group of volunteers who kind of saw that there was this unmet need in the Rocky Mountains for a program where children with cancer or other illnesses could actually come and experience the skiing experience. Oh, how cool. Does that make sense? So like these kids that are, you know, normally in a hospital bed weren't able to come out and get on skis or even sit in a tube or even throw a snowball because they've been inside. So they had people that were coming to the hospitals and doing magic shows or singing, which is always wonderful, but they wanted to get them out and experiencing the the beautiful weather and the, you know, all the things that come with skiing and the uh, experience mm-hmm. of that. So they started this foundation, uh, which gives support to these children and their families, which is what I think is cool. They always say, um, one of their slogans is, we serve not only the child, but the entire family. So that means... Oh, that's really Yeah, they're not just sending the kid out to ski. They're sending the entire family uh, to go experience the outdoor social recreational experience. Um, 
And they're finding new ways to do that with, you know, winter games and, uh, you know, learning how to ski or putting them on the back of a, of a snowboat bill on like a little, you know, inner tube and going just so fast <laughs> so that they can experience mm-hmm. it and have fun. And the pictures on their website, uh, it's shiningstarsfoundation.org. I mean, it's just lovely. I mean, they, there's not a sad face on that website. They are just happy <laughs> and they're outside and they're all bundled up. Um, and so since 2001, they've actually reached, um, over 750 families and, uh, Wow, I just thought it was such yeah, I thought it was such a cool thing uh to give back to you so that these kids can get out into the snow and experience it just like any other kid and that their families are there too and they say there is never a cost to the family. They cover completely everything. And it's for even kids That's who don't really live great. in Aspen. So they're actually flying people in from all over the country, maybe kids in Florida who who have never even seen snow so that they can experience that too. Um yeah. It was awesome. That's awesome. And there's something so playful about snow. You Absolutely. Know, like you, can't just, you can't help it. it. Even even now, if I see, like, fresh snow, if I'm walking in New York or something, mm-hmm. I see fresh snow. Like, you kind of have to change your path to be the first person <laughs> through <Yep. laughs> the snow. And it's so – and um, the first winter I lived in New York, I didn't have waterproof oh, – well, we were living there together, and I didn't have um, – a hundred percent waterproof shoes yeah. on. So it was kind of a drag to walk through. I bought these snow boots, but they had a fabric top. Don't ever do that. So <laughs> A, if you're living in New York, just get the waterproof shoes. Yep. No one cares what they look That's like. That's true. Just Ugly is better. Doesn't matter. So um and now I have great waterproof shoes, like really, really nice ones. And it's such a pleasure to like walk in the snow and the and the puddles. Like I change my journey all the time to like walk through puddles now and like walk through snow. It's so fun. It's awesome. There's just something yeah, there's something really childlike about snow in general. So when you get into cold weather it kind of perks you up. Um and I yeah. think that that happens with them too. I think they feel, you know, the cold on their skin and they see the sun shining and the snow is crunching. And I just think it's also just such a tangible experience for them. So that's what I would give, give back, give back. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. So mine is, uh, kind of off the beaten path because, uh, you know, Cuba, what's really interesting is I, I looked up a bunch of sites about how to donate to Cuba or give to Cuba or whatever. And a lot of people, more. I think I found like four or five people who have been to Cuba that suggested that what is really helpful is to bring first aid supplies and feminine hygiene products and condoms and stuff like that and just literally drop them off at a clinic. Oh, yeah. And it's actually a little more useful than money because they can't, they don't have access to buy that stuff sometimes. So since we can buy that relatively cheaply, um, I decided that I would just check a few extra bags and fill it with um, first aid supplies and uh, gauze and band-aids and antiseptics and neosporin and what, you know, whatever. And then I would... um, bring that and just drop them off to churches and clinics and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's actually a really rewarding way to do it too. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that other places, um, 
you know, you really have to do your research when you're doing charitable giving because some places really do benefit the most from money. Like, Absolutely. Like last week when we were talking about, um, when I was talking about Napa, I remember that when the fires were going on and my friend Lexi in Sonoma was like, look, we, what we need is money. <laughs> she mm-hmm. was just flat out like, that's what we need. We don't need stuff. We don't need anything. She's like, we, we need money right now to channel where they need to go or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think that from from what I've I've seen, this is a bringing actual supplies to Cuba is a really helpful thing at the moment. And and I maybe you know there might be really great places that need money as well. But this is what I found, and other people are bringing school supplies, um, and giving them to schools. And uh, you know, people are just bringing stuff. And it and it was kind of something I never really thought of before. You know, it's going to cost you, if you pack light, it'll cost you $30 extra to pack, to check a second bag and fill it with stuff. You know, maybe use an old suitcase that you're not even going to bring back anymore or a duffel bag that you can just drop off and then, and then there you go. And it also gets you like into a clinic to talk to people and, you know, connect to people and, and ask them if that's what they need or, you yeah. know, so, um, so that's what I would do. At least we are making, you know, these things away. We're we're putting it out there. At least we're putting it out there. Well, there might be someone out there listening who um, is like, that sounds like a, a great cause. And even if you give five bucks, ten bucks, fifty bucks, whatever to um, to any charity that we highlight, it that's got to be a good thing. Yes, you know. Um, and I will say that that's something that I want to commit to is even a charity that. You know, we research, give at least five, ten dollars um, towards that charity because I do have that, you know. Yeah. Well, I do this thing called um, I do this thing called what I mean is I call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and a single woman movement uh, called First Things First. It, in, to my in my head, that's what I call it. First Things First. And what it means is that on the on the first of the month, um. I give money to something and I mean, I've given as little as $5 and in it, and sometimes it'll be, um, well, would you like to add $1.65 for a processing fee? You know what I mean? Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're adding it to someone's GoFundMe or something and sometimes I just don't have that $1.65, like five is, is where I'm at. And other times I can't and it's great and life is awesome. Um, PS people, maybe not let your daughters grow up to be actors. Uh, <laughs> 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 but if they want to support them. Yeah, but it's it's fun. And I really enjoy the last week of the month where I start researching what I'm going to do. And um, sometimes it's something that I just randomly see that I think is a great cause to support. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if somebody's birthday falls in that month, I'll think of like what that person would want to support. Uh, when my friends Frank and Joe adopted a baby, um, I... I adopt. Uh, I adopted. I I gave money to a charity that helps match foster kids with things, and so sometimes like it's a really fun. It's a really. I mean, it is fun, but it's also just a really satisfying way to end a month and then start a month. Yeah, I love and, that. Um, yeah, so 
first things first, guys. Like, like February 1st is coming up. I say put five bucks aside or maybe the next three times you want, you want to go to Starbucks, put five bucks aside instead. Actually, Starbucks is a great company, so go ahead and spend your money <laughs> I was just Starbucks. about to say, because I think I touched on that last week. I was like, I'll just not get my Starbucks and give $5. Let's be honest. I get Starbucks all the time. Yeah, um, and they actually do a lot of really great progressive yeah, charity work. Yeah, I love work. it. So, so fine, spend your money at Starbucks, but <laughs> but also give just find stuff you can give to people that mm-hmm. maybe you can bake some bread and drop it off somewhere. I don't know. Um, but uh, I think just follow I, the directions. Yeah, I think that if if anything, I feel really strongly about if you you give to the scale that you can give, and if your scale is small, that's okay. You know, Absolutely. like. Drops in the bucket or drops in the bucket, and um, and I, I, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So, I'll keep you updated on what my February one will be. Yay! Perfect. Uh, I love it. I think we're done, but I want to ask you what your happy is. What's your happy? Oh, my happy this week is that the kids went back to school, <laughs> and <laughs> I just, you know what, my routine is is gonna get back to normal. I get to finally clean the house and work out again and have some me time because listen, that's important because it is, I, it is important. I can't all the time just be a mom. I have to have some me time. So, um, and I love them more when I miss them. So that's my happy this week because the kids are back in school and life is, life is grand. I love that. I also love that, um, <laughs> that we've only done two episodes and in both episodes something that you've been obsessed with or happy about is like leaving your kids <laughs> <laughs> well listen the truth serum is working um that's you know what i'm it's i'm just being honest i need I need some downtime kids are hard they're I'm sure stubborn I, and they look. are selfish and they are you know mean they're also lovely and cuddly and I love them more than life itself, but I also need to miss them sometimes. I understand. I, I in no way think a mom's job is easy, so yeah. don't worry. Yeah. Um, I'm in it to win it with you. Uh, my happy this week, um, my happy this week is that, uh, well, it's actually kind of like a, I mean, it's not really interesting to anybody else but me, but um, I'm slowly, slowly, slowly starting to piece together my my freelance schedule for the first part of 2018 which is always a stressor because as a freelancer you just never know what's going to happen so um so yeah like just slowly starting to piece that together and see what's happening and where I'm going to be and all that kind of stuff and there's a little anxiety to having a wide open schedule not Mm -hmm. even a little anxiety why did I say little why am I downplaying that it's anxious as anything and the holidays are really hard for me sometimes because there's a lot of uh reunions there's a lot of friend reunions because I'm not in Orlando very often so there are a lot of people that I only see once a year and they're absolutely well-meaning question of what are you doing next is something I almost never have an answer to right and I'm and I'm trying to forget how anxious I am about that and so um Sometimes when I'm when I'm being asked that twenty times over the course of a night, I I get really panicky inside my head. Uh, so it is really nice to have 
some of the holes filled in a little bit. Right. You know, because the anxiety is is real. That's a real anxiety that I carry with me at night. Oh, sure. So, yeah. So anything I can do to relieve that. I feel I feel a salt room might help. Yes. Relieve that. They a say salt it's good room for and a fresh loaf of bread. <laughs> I think that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> that's the title of this episode. That is it. You're welcome. A salt room and a fresh loaf of bread. Yeah, you're good. Um... Are we done? Yeah, we're done. We still haven't figured out a way to stop talking. I don't think we should. I don't think we should figure it out. We're just going to say bye, and then our little outro music will play. That's true, because I really want to make this a tagline, but it's so bad, but it's what I said last time, which is, with friends like us, who needs amenities? And now, I'm just going to say it every time. Just say it. Go. Even though it's terrible. But say it with conviction. Go. With friends like us, who needs amenities? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>